Hey there. Thanks for listening to Untold the Podcast. This <laughs> you British? <laughs> what are you British? Hi there, Mike. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Untold the Podcast. Hi there. Hey, we are thankful that you guys are listening. Uh, if you like what you hear in just a couple minutes, leave us a like, review, follow us on social media at Untold the Podcast. Um, share it with your friend. We'd appreciate it. All right, let's do it. It's like signs. It's so creepy. Name that song. Name it. 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 Don't know what to tell you. Honk honk. Skeeter. 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 What was your favorite cartoon growing up? Uh, I mean, it was. I don't know. Do they have cartoons? Oh I don't my know. Gosh. Shelby, I'm te- your no. age. <laughs> we are six months apart. I bet you're man. a Pepper Ann fan. No, I don't know. Pepper Ann, Pepper Ann. Is that your favorite? I loved Pepper Ann. And I was a little too old to love it. I'm going to admit that. <laughs> But I loved it. It was about a middle school girl that had red hair, and she was really cool. Hey, she rode rollerblades. Yeah. I was in middle school. I also cool. watched SpongeBob today, and I have no shame. I I haven't in a while, but I would if somebody put it on. SpongeBob is great, but it is single-handedly ruined Nickelodeon. Mm. Have you heard my theory about that? No. Yes, but I don't want to hear it again. Oh, okay. Yeah. Grace, would you like? We're to- talking about favorite shows. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I like SpongeBob, but I don't like how it ruined Nickelodeon. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Hey Arnold was awesome. Hey Arnold was cool, dude. Ah, uh, real monsters. Listen, I wasn't allowed to watch a lot of Nickelodeon because all you could watch was Veggie Tales. No, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. It, I really like full length Disney feature film. Mm-hmm. That was about it. That was probably the only thing I watched until I was ten years old. So you could watch The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah, it was a great movie. Did was you it? have all the Vault VHSs? Yes, yeah. of course. Um, did you have beanie babies growing up yep that's lots me. of that's beanie babies <laughs> i one of my saddest days to this day was in uh sixth grade and i brought my i had just transferred from like very small private school we were in trailers like we didn't have a building um and i started going to public school and <laughs> couldn't have done that before <laughs> And um, I brought my Beanie Baby as like my little cover. I had a favorite little stuffed cat Beanie Baby that I brought to school, and the teacher saw it and took it away. Amen. We don't do this in public school. And I'm (laughs) I'm sitting in the back of the classroom trying so hard not to cry because he just (laughs) took my Beanie Baby, and I didn't know I was gonna get it back. Like I thought, like he didn't say anything. He just took it from me and walked away. How old were you? Said sixth grade, so I was eleven. Did you go to the school that uh, Gangsters Paradise was after? (laughs) They just. Okay. Josh <laughs> laughed. It was a funny joke. I don't know. You ever seen Gangster's Paradise? The, the, I know the Coolio like, song. The Coolio song? Yeah, but that's based off of a movie. I've oh. never seen the movie, no. Okay. Well, that that failed flap. Do you know the name Who? of it, Josh? Michelle Pfeiffer. What the movie was called? I don't remember. The Substitute. That doesn't sound that's right. That's the Cameron Diaz movie. <laughs> Something about a school. Josh is looking it up. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. All right, quit talking. We're recording. <laughs> are you guys ready? Let's do it. Hey, we are in... Oh, wait. 
Let's do it. (laughs) Welcome to the Untold Podcast. This is the podcast that tells the untold stories of history. In this podcast, two of us compete to tell the best story you've probably never heard before. So join us as we uncover a new story each week together. This is Untold, the podcast. Wow, we are here. Season 2, Episode 3. Thank you so much for joining us. Woo. Uh, my name is Shelby. If this is your first time listening, we are glad that you're here. I am surrounded at the table by my good friend named Grant. Hey, what's up? Grant is a guy that likes woodworking. Yes. I am also surrounded here True. at the table by my other good friend named Grace. Hey, how's it going? Uh, Grace is a good friend that likes to paint. Woohoo! And has two kids. Yep. What do you like, Shelby? I well, uh, I'm just gonna say it right now. <laughs> you know, the Chiefs have made the Super Bowl. Mm. Uh, we are recording this the day after the AFC Championship. So right now, I like the Chiefs. I am right now. Just right now. Deck that. Well, we'll see how the Super Bowl goes. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm. I also like working out um, and <laughs> keeping this physique. Up. I mean, you can get away with that on a podcast. <laughs> they don't know what I look like. Yeah, uh, we had Grace Photoshop my picture to make <laughs> me look a little skinnier. Yep. Uh, so, hey, welcome again. This, we are glad that you have chosen to hang out with us tonight. If you've never listened, uh, basically the way this works is I am the host tonight, and I have a topic. Which tonight's topic is the untold story of survival. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Sweet. Hope and, so, because yeah, that's yeah. what my story is about. Yeah, untold story of survival, and I am going to uh, be asking them to tell their story, which is untold of survival. And as they tell a story, if they say something that I like or enjoy or makes me laugh or makes me intrigued or makes me excited, I will ring this bell, and that means they got a point. And then at the end, we're going to tally up the points, and then we are going to anoint the next host for the week. Mm. after this week which is next week anoint yeah are we gonna have like a ceremony and yes stuff? we knight you with the bell oh heck yeah i like being knighted anointing feels yeah. a little i don't know if women gross. can be knighted but oh, okay <laughs> listen in westeros they can okay what? joan of arc uh also if you listen to the the prequel of this episode we were asking the question what was the name of the movie i know you're searching google right now so let me end that it is called Dangerous Minds. Dangerous Minds. <laughs> did you uh, forget it? I did. <laughs> I almost said Gangster's Paradise again. I knew that wasn't it. Uh, so point for you, Grant. Hey. For, hey. Helping, hey. for helping out the host. That Heck was yeah. really nice. You know. Uh, okay. So uh, I guess let's before we jump into the contest night, I wanted to get to know you guys a little bit. This is The Untold Story of Survival. Everyone has in their own version some sort of near-death experience. If, if, you're, if I tell you, like, what is your near-death experience? You say, I don't really have one. Then... Either make it up or just like talk about something where you were like almost killed in society. Like you were, you did something so dumb that you were about to be excommunicated from society. Uh, uh, societal death. A societal death, if yeah. you will. So yeah, that I'm going to tell my story, give you a chance to, to think about it. Um, there are a couple of times in my life. One of my favorite moments, though, um, I was the youngest kid in my class, or one of the youngest kids in my class. And my really good friends was one of the oldest kids. And so he was one of the first ones that could get a car. And, of course, we, like, were riding his car. Um, you know, his, his family didn't have a lot of money, so his car was it was struggling, if you will. And uh, two times we almost died in it. And both of them was the car's fault. 
One time we were driving down the highway, interstate, if you will, and the hood just popped open, and we couldn't see anything. It covered the windshield. It was scary, and uh, but we survived. We pulled over to the exit. We fixed the hood, uh, and then about a month later, we were driving over the train track, and (laughs) I'm going to tell you a story. I don't think you're going to believe it, but it is true. (laughs) As we drove over the train track, you know, we weren't going slow. We were trying to jump it. Uh Oh. Mm. And As you do. Something uh, we must have got air because the front, not the front tires, the entire front axle went rolling away, uh-huh. oh. and we were stuck on the train what? track. And off in the distance, we heard this train coming. Uh-uh. Uh huh. Thankfully, okay. though, we were able to call nine one one. They stopped the train. It stopped. It wasn't what? like flying. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. But for a, it was one of those like slowly creeping yeah. trains through the small town. Yeah, it was like actually, you could outrun it if you needed to. Grace, you know what it was? It was just one guy on like one of those mining carts, <laughs> just like <laughs> pumping up and down. Just, hey, look out! Yeah. Choo choo. <laughs> Hey, have one of those coming at you. I was scared to death, oh, and yeah. the car had no axle, no uh. wheels, nothing. Uh, that was the last time we had that car. He ended up having to save up and buy his own car. That's good. Uh, the next car that we we actually kind of all pitched money in because we needed someone, one of our friends right. to have a car. The next car he had uh, the, I guess it was the passenger seat or the back seat was a lawn chair that was bungee cord <laughs> yes. to the floor. Yes. That was amazing. Uh, oh, my gosh. So I, my friend does listen to this podcast. He uh, can vouch for all this. Okay, great. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, you want to go first? My my story involves a car as well. Um, so in high school, I was doing swim practice, and for some reason- You swam? I did. I, I swum. Well, wait. What was your event? Uh, what was like my stroke that I liked? Mm-hmm. I liked freestyle. It was- yeah. It was pretty cool. You can just um, make up freestyle, like rapping. You can just yeah. make it up. Yeah, and you're supposed to rap while you're in the water. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Anyways, um, my swim practice every morning was at like 5.30. It was at Kedron, which if, for those of you who don't live around here, from my house in Fayetteville, it was like 25 minutes. It was like a 25, 30-minute drive every morning. Um, so I was driving on 74 and there is this, I'm so tired. It's five in the morning Yeah, and teenage boy. Right. And I'm in the right lane and you guys know that intersection, the, the dreaded intersection in Peachtree city where it's like 74, 54. Yep. Well, you get right past it going on, um, 74 and the right lane turns into a turn lane. Yep. Right by Arby's. Uh, or are you going the other way? The other way. I mean, other I way. guess listeners don't have any idea where to go. Right. Well, for our for our context, <laughs> yes, we know. Yeah. Um, so I'm going the other way, and I'm going towards Kedron. Well, the right lane right lane ends and turns into that turn lane. Well, there's a semi right uh, beside me. I hate when that happens. It uh, drives me nuts. You're yeah. taking up literally all the space I have to yes. merge, yeah. and you're just blocking it. So I'm in the... And the decision there is, like, do you slow down and try to get behind them, or do you just speed up? Well, I chose to speed up. As a teenage boy would do. As a yep. teenage boy would do. I had a... Uh, well, you can't get behind them. That thing's going so slow. Yeah. And you right. have to slow to a crawl to get right, there. Right, like, right, It is. It's yep. such an awkward situation. I mean, I was going, what, 60? 
So, oh, like to <laughs> don't the speed the limit there is forty-five. Like, so, I thought it was fifty-five. Uh, it's like forty right there. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. It's forty until you in, get in that past that. Yeah. Oh, really? Until you get past that, and well, then it goes up to fifty. This was years ago, so I'm I'm out of it. I guess I, statute, they can't, of, statute of limitations. Yeah. They can't come after. They can't incriminate me for that. No wonder um, there's cops sitting there every day now. Yeah, some dude in a yeah crappy red car. Um, so yeah, I I sped up. Long story short, I sped up and I got like barely past the semi before like mm. like he he must have almost touched my bumper and mm. he's honking at me yeah but dude i am just i'm flying past it but yeah now to this day i never um swim I, well i never, never swim, swim again. Yep, that's it that's the connection i made <laughs> no i i always get in that left lane unless i'm turning right into carabas ah yeah. that's the line i know what you're yeah talking about and now. this podcast is brought to you by carabas carabas <laughs> and el ranchero mm-hmm. cool not, not the peachtree city department of transportation because no that intersection stinks i hope they're not even horrible. listening that's to this. state that's the problem yeah. Yeah. yeah georgia department of transportation get it together <laughs> yep mm-hmm. yep grace what about you do you have any uh car stories or near-death experiences um the time so, you robbed the bank, maybe? Yeah, or? you know, I was quite the rebel. Um, no, I mean, I did like the typical outdoor stuff where like, I rode horses a bunch. I used to like to catch snakes. My parents seemed to think that that was risky. Um, Grace was a friend with death. Yes. <laughs> if you say so. Those don't seem like near-death experiences to me because there was no like one event. I that played really... Russian roulette a couple times. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, uh... <laughs> Um, but your story, your story about the car with the windshield, yeah. uh, flying up, that reminded me of a car story I have. Okay. Um, so as you both know, I used to work in the film industry and I was in the transportation department. So it was my job to go pick up the actors or actresses and bring them in for their, their day's work, whatever. Yep. Um, obviously we get there way before time so that they're not like ever waiting on us and we're there in plenty of time. So I pull up to this hotel in Atlanta. I'm sitting outside for like 20 minutes. I've got the car running cause it's winter and it's cold. Um, and I just don't want to be cold. So I'm sitting there in the heat waiting for my actress to come out. My actress comes in. We're chit chatting on the way into work. We're going all the way to Conyers. It was just like an hour and a half outside the city. So we're driving through downtown Atlanta after I had been sitting on this Atlanta street for 20 minutes. Apparently a rat thought that my my warm car, Uh, I'm out, was the place to be because it didn't like the cold either. So I'm talking to this actress. We are driving down the interstate mm. at full speed, and mm. I see a rat crawl up on the windshield. And she and I both just go, oh, my God. <laughs> um, its tail is like uh, flapping against the uh, windshield. And I was like, what do I do? Should I turn the wipers on? Like, I, uh. Gross. Um, after a minute or two, it just burrows back down under the hood of the car. Through the AC vent. And, well, <laughs> so that's, we drive out to Conyers, we get to base camp, I drop her off, and I immediately go find all the other transpo people. And I'm like, y'all <laughs> will not believe what just happened <laughs> in my car. I was like, there's no way this rat can get in the car, right? Like, I'm sure it could chew quite yes. a bit, but like, is yeah. there any way this rat could get in the car? And they're like, no, you're good. Did you're they, good. T- they told you no? That's a lie. Well, I... F- yeah. But, like, realistically, it had to have fallen out, right? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I I just actually had this conversation with my boss. Her car had a rat that died in the inside of it, <laughs> and they no. couldn't find it. It was, like, in the door. Yeah. No. Yeah, rats are crazy, dude. They can get well, in crevices. So, the, the worst part, 
after I told the tr- the transpo people this story, because I was like, please tell me that this rat, there's no way it can get in. Especially because, like, you know how you can't see your feet when you're pressing the gas or the brake? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was like, like, right where it'll come out. Yes, that's what I thought. Oh, I was like, it's going to, like, come down and bite nope. my feet or something. Um, so I was like, there's no way, right? And they're like, yeah, there's no way. Within five minutes, mm. I don't know how they did this. Uh, one of the transpo guys gets in my car. He was like, hey, can you run me down to set? It's you know uh. only like 100 yards that way. I was like, yeah, sure. No, no, no big deal. Start to drive that way. And I see out of the corner of my eye, a rat scurry across the center console. Mm. Freaked out, obviously. He had found, we are in the middle of nowhere. I don't know where he got this. It is a fake, realistic looking rat. It's not Love like... It. It's not like, the, like it's not like the props department had yes. rats on hand. I don't know where he found this thing, but he got a. Hey, who fake doesn't rat. have that? Yeah, he right. just carries around for. Hand. I got one in my backpack. Right. He for, like for fake, things like this. He carries around. He fake ran a rat across the center console and got me on tape saying some choice words yeah. that my parents would not be proud of. Wow. Um, because I thought the rat had finally gotten. Into you know what? Like fiddlesticks. You know what? You survived. Yep. You survived. I I didn't wreck the car with the actress inside when the rat crawled Mm. up on my windshield. That's a win for me. You know what my takeaway from all these stories are? Don't drive. Don't drive. Driving is the worst. Stay out of cars. Ride your hoverboard around town. Horses are the way to go. Horses. Horses. Whose horse is that? Leave me alone. Uh, Grant has seen me. I think you were there when I wrecked into a tree once. Which time? Uh, I also, one of my favorite <laughs> things that I, I do. I hope there's not more than one. Take his license away. So there one is. of the things I drive into the heads of my kids is don't overcorrect. Most wrecks are caused by overcorrection. So do, you, you go do just as a li- I say, not as I You do. go just a little bit. No, I'm a good not overcorrector. <laughs> You just Clearly. go just a touch off, and then you're like, ah, you jerk it, and you're and the other yeah, one. Yeah, you have more than one tree wreck. I'm not taking advice from No, you. that's me backing up after parking. Uh, <laughs> it's not a tree. It's other crashes, Grace. And it wasn't there. other things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, multiple times I have been, don't, if you are my mother-in-law, please close your ears. Uh, multiple times I've been driving and, like, drop my cell phone, and I'll be, like, leaning uh. over, and I will look up, and I'm, like, in the ditch. Shelby. And you can't overcorrect it. You just have to <laughs> ride it out. Why are you reaching for your cell phone? You You're driving. Well, someone was texting me. Why are you texting? You have oh to go back gosh. on. I, relationships are the wind, Grace. That's why. Even if you're dead. You can't have a relationship if you're dead. Okay, valid point. Yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> so uh, welcome. This uh, All my near-death experiences have brought me to this uh, story that I wanted to hear about, or this topic I wanted to hear about tonight, which is the idea of... The untold stories of survival in history. So uh, the way we're going to kick this off tonight is uh, I want to hear your titles. I'm going to pick the person with the best title, and that person can choose whether or not they want to go first. So let's see. How about Grace? What is the title of your story? Always first. All right. My title is What's Cooler Than Being Cool? Ah, what is that from? Ice cold. Uh, what, uh, but still, what is that from? I don't know. That that's a, uh, that's Andre 3000. Oh, yeah. yeah. Outcast. Oh, Outcast. Yeah. Outcast. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Nice. Oh, extra point for singing. <laughs> ah, good job. Okay, one to one. Grant, right. what's your uh, title? Well, uh, mine is actually a song. Uh, it's This isn't because she's saying, yeah, right? He said, no. mine's actually a title. Well, mine's actually, No. Uh, I was going to sing it either, but it's, uh, I've got friends in ah. places. 
Oh, come on. <laughs> that was good. Uh, you know what? One of, you know, we all have our own catalog. This would be a good question sometime. Our own catalog of songs for karaoke. Mm. And I've got Friends in Low Places and Hey Ya. Yeah. Are both in my category. Dang. Hey, high five. But we did it. My Grace. first go to is I've got Friends in Low Places. Hey. Mm. It's the thing that gets them going. It's the, everyone knows that they all can sing along. So with that, Grant, I choose your title. Okay. Would you like to go first or go second? Um, I will concede and give it to Grace. Sorry. Wow. Okay, so Grace, you are up. The title of yours is, I already forgot it. <laughs> What's cooler than being cool? Ice cold. Ice cold. All right, 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 all right. Okay, now, stop. ladies. Stop, stop. Yeah. Okay, we're not singing the entire no. song. Um, we're going to get copyright infringement. <laughs> <laughs> all right, where, I mean, I feel like the title is kind of a giveaway, but of all the places, Earth is... Atlanta. Sur- Listen, Earth, <laughs> Earth is surprisingly inhospitable. There are a lot of places on Earth I would not want to live. Mm-hmm. You've got deserts with 150 degree heat. You've got the Arctic, Antarctic. What's the largest yeah. desert on Earth? Sahara. It. Are you gonna say either the <laughs> North Pole or uh, Antarctica? The oh, Antarctic. Antarctica is the because technically it's a desert. <laughs> Technically, but it has yeah. snowfall, so not very often. Okay, mom. Well, oh, sure, Antarctica. in Antarctica. Yeah, not very often. Hmm. Well, I just made that up. That's what we're talking oh. about today is Antarctica. Oh, I know how you much you love Antarctica in the <laughs> world. Weirdly, I have uh, talked about this multiple times in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um. So yeah. Um. So yeah. from the end of the 19th century, so late 1800s until after World War One started, um, this is considered the heroic age of Antarctic exploration. Um, there was intense, like scientific, geographical exploration projects sent down there over the course of maybe this like 20, 25 year period. 17 major expeditions were sent there from 10 different countries. So they're, for whatever reason, like, this is the next frontier. We got to go check they're this out. They're just looking for oil. Let's just call it what it is. <laughs> it's that dude walking around from Rudolph, and he's got his ice pick. <laughs> if you say so. But That's they, what he does. He tastes it. Oh, he tastes the snow? Ew. He tastes the ice pick. He, like, shan't slams Oh, it he does, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, that's creepy. Dude, it's so much me. creepier when you do it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that a lot. <laughs> Stop. Okay. So, um, yeah, for whatever reason, the Antarctic was a huge focus of this time. Um, the last major expedition from this age was the Imperial Trans-Antarctic Expedition, which is what I'm going to be talking about. Um, it was an attempt to make the first land crossing across the Antarctic continent. Ah. So they had done, at this point, they had done, like, trying to reach the geographical South Pole. They had done, like, sail around the outside of it, all this kind of stuff. But this specific expedition was meant to um drop a group of people off at one end they walk across the continent and mm. arrive meet other people at the other end north south uh well it's hard because right yeah, like the south, you you go north to south <laughs> you go from north to south until you hit the south pole and then you, you go, go from north. south to north yeah, again yeah. so but not east west <laughs> i honestly don't wouldn't know you, wouldn't you fall off the edge because the earth is flat I that's mean, right well you can't get over the wall oh yeah that's that was right. probably where that's she's right. going oh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, so like if you imagine Antarctica, 
Hey, you know that reference. Oh, What's the only reference I know? Dang. If I could give you a point right now, I would. Uh-huh. The wall. Um, so if you look at the a map of Antarctica, like we normally see it at the bottom of the map, it's really spread out. You can't really tell what it looks like. But if you're looking at it straight on, yes. it looks like the profile of an elephant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so imagine the profile of an elephant. You've got the big ear, big head, and then you have this swoop of a trunk that just comes to a yep. little Wait. point. Okay, I got it. Um, oh, you oh, drew an elephant. She drew it. That's a point. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to like phrase it so that our, our listeners can visualize too, though. So yep. imagine the profile of an elephant and their trunk is lifted up like pointing to something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in that like U shape of the trunk is the Waddell Sea. And so they were going to drop them off in the Waddell Sea. And then they were going to walk 1,800 miles. Oh, my okay. goodness. To the Ross Sea. Through which the is, largest desert on Earth. Yeah. <laughs> which is the, uh, like you would walk through the eye of the elephant to the mouth of the elephant oh. to like the bottom of the ear of the elephant. Okay. So like it's a lo- 1,800 miles. That is, I can barely walk a mile. <laughs> I did that today and I was like, oh, that's enough. <laughs> Jeez. So this expedition was headed up by Sir Ernest Shackleton, who lived from 1874 to 1922. He is one of the principal figures of this age of exploration. He led, he led through, or was a participant in three different Antarctic expeditions. Um, he had already been on two by the time this one was greenlit and he, he went on, but, um, originally he came from a family of farmers. He went to school. His family was poor. This obviously was not for him. So Mm. he at 16 bounced and went and signed up for an apprenticeship on a sailing vessel. Uh, he worked his way up the chain, traveling the world, uh, formed all sorts of acquaintances with everyone he met. And in 1898, he became a certified master mariner, which meant he could command any British ship anywhere in the world. Dang. And he was only That's 24. Goal. So he left at 16. By 24, he had... Dang. Grant, how old are you? Uh, 29. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm not sailing ships. I know. That's for You'd sure. You'd be a good pirate. Listen, but, after this yeah, after you. this story, you're going to realize why you don't want to sail mm. ships. Yeah. Um, so his two Who's previous... a real winner here? <laughs> his two previous Antarctic expeditions were the Discovery from 1901 to 1903 and the Nimrod from 1907 to 1909. <laughs> Nimrod. Let's take Nimrod. Let's go <laughs> sail across the sea. <laughs> Come on, Nimrod. You guys. <laughs> I mean, you know. So anyway. <laughs> How can you not laugh about that? I don't know. I've read about it for a long time. So <laughs> I didn't think it was The name round. All right. Um, they were both considered failed but successful in that. Uh, <laughs> That's the story of my life. Well, so that like sounds the, like a Nimrod vessel. The goal at the time, no one had reached the geo- geographical South Pole. So they both, both expeditions meant to reach that south pole Mm. they didn't reach it but they both went further than anybody had ever gone before so they were successful but also failed um he from these two expeditions became a public speaker author told about his experience all that kind of stuff big deal so this is kind of how he like garnered attention for and funding for the imperial transatlantic expedition that he was heading up um the plan was so remember that picture of the elephant that Mm. i put out there uh, like i said the waddell party the waddell sea was in like that u-shape of the forehead of the elephant to mm. the trunk mm. and then the uh ross sea party was like at the mouth of the elephant okay. so they're both on either side of the elephant heads and the waddell sea party were the ones that were going to land cross and 
meet up with the Ross Sea Party that were going to like resupply them mm-hmm. basically because they couldn't carry enough supplies with them. Um, so uh, Shackleton like published this ad. This this is conjecture. This ad has not been found, but this is the legend that he placed an ad saying, "Men wanted for hazardous journey." Low wages, bitter cold, long hours of complete darkness, <laughs> safe return, doubtful, honor and recognition in event of success. Oh. I mean, what more could you ask for? Yeah. Honor <laughs> and recognition. That is the rumor. They haven't been able to verify that that was the actual ad, but they did have over 5,000 different applications. Why people what? applied for this blows my Dang, mind. I'm sorry. How bad was your life? to like want to go on this listen i don't see that ad and say you know what yeah even if it wasn't that ad the idea of going and spending months or years on a boat in cold yeah just no no don't want to not doing it um so there were supposed to be 28 people for each boat because like i said there was going to be the waddell sea party and the ross sea party so 28 people each one of his friends uh purse blackborough Stowed away. His application got turned around, turned down. So he was like, he just snuck onto the ship. Oh, and this hid. is yeah. literally Leonardo. I mean, he's <laughs> didn't he do that? No, in Titanic? he he, yeah. he won that. Oh, ticket. he won it. Oh, right. did he? Uh, oh. Yeah, but his his friend got his application turned down, and and he was like, you know, what? I'm going anyway. Snuck on the ship. Uh, by the time Shackleton found out, he was like, well, I can't do much about. It. He was mad, but he couldn't do much about it. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Throw me off? Uh, <laughs> several of the crew members had been on the. Y'all can't laugh every time I say Nimrod. Okay. <laughs> I'm not. Several crew members had also been on the Nimrod expedition, so they were reuniting. God, I hate y'all. She said it again. <laughs> um, their scientific staff consisted of two different surgeons, a geologist, a biologist, a physicist, and a meteorologist. So they weren't Nimrods. <laughs> Opposite. I'm done. I hate y'all. I actually don't know what Nimrod means. It's an I- idiot. A Nimrod is an idiot. Well, y'all are a couple of Nimrods. You Nimrod. It can't be, really be that. It's a silly, silly way to say idiot. Okay. Anyway, of these 28 people, all of those scientific staff were included. They can, They also included a photographer and an artist. Um, and then they had 69 sled dogs and a cat named Mrs. Chippy. Who belongs? What is happening? <laughs> yeah. Is this a children's book you're this talking a, about? I think this is a Disney yes. original classic. No, this here. gets so much. This gets Mrs. so Chippy. crazy. I have to set the stage because it gets so much crazier. Mrs. Chippy belonged to uh, the carpenter, <laughs> and she would like follow him around the boat. So I don't know. Every, well, it was actually a boy. They thought it was a girl at first, which <laughs> is why she was named Mrs. Chippy. But mm, they <laughs> it's didn't a boy. check close enough. Yeah. So in 1914. Um, Obviously, World War One breaks out in August, August third. Um, That's and my birthday. August third. Is it really August third? Is that when it broke out? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> now you know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's my birthday. So yeah. August third, World War One breaks out. August eighth, the Endurance, which is the ship that the Woodell Sea Party is on, sails out of British waters. Okay. So like, uh, Churchill was like, "Yeah, go for it, man. Like, whatever, we'll handle it here. Y'all go on." So. Uh, despite World War One breaking out, didn't slow him down. So from the 8th of August to the 5th of December is when this really gets started. Because mm-hmm. they left like British waters, but they got all the way down to the Southern Hemisphere and uh, uh, to an island called South Georgia, ah, which is just north. Macon-ish or Cochrane? <laughs> or... No, it was uh, off the coast of Argentina, um, kind of like in line with that Southern tip. Yep. But like right north of 
Antarctica. So it was a little island off the coast of Antarctica and uh, Argentina. So it took them that long just to get down there. So 1915 comes around, uh, January 19th, 1915, the Endurance, their ship gets stuck in the drift ice. Mm. It's not unexpected. The Weddell Sea is full of ice flows and they're like, okay, maybe it'll thaw. Like, and think too, the Southern Hemisphere, that's their summertime. Yep. So like, okay, maybe the the ice came around us. It's going to break apart, drift away, whatever. Well, it didn't. 24th of February, Shackleton realizes it's only getting colder at this point. Like the tide has turned, it's going to keep getting colder. They're stuck until spring. They're mm. stuck. They're stuck in the ice. Their ship is trapped in ice, Dang. and they've got to wait until it thaws because now it's end of February. It's only going to get colder in Antarctica. Uh. They have to wait until the ice thaws in mm. the quote unquote spring, spring to the southern hemisphere, and hope for the best. <laughs> so they okay. were adrift in the ice for seven months. Dang. Uh. That sounds like my worst nightmare. That, <laughs> that sounds awful. That sucks. You can't really do anything. You're nope. Just whatever the ice nope. does. They're and in- you know of the Titanic. Yeah. Because that already happened. Yeah. Well, but like this ice flow, imagine being trapped in like a landmass almost. Like the ship is surrounded. Mm. You know, it's not like icebergs are bumping up against it. It's like they are trapped yeah. in a landmass of ice. Dude. So. I mean, it's like, I bet that it was pretty. I bet it was pretty divisive. I mean, they're stuck in the Antarctic, right? It's probably pretty divisive on the ship because the Antarctic is polarizing. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew there was some joke that was coming. You're so um, funny, oh, Shelby. By the way, before you continue, <laughs> Nimrod is not only a moron, foolish person, but <laughs> the number one definition is a skillful hunter. What? Yeah. So I nice. Noticed, I've never seen a definition that is opposite that spectrum. Is, yes, that's weird. But now okay. I, knew, I knew there had to be a real reason why they've chosen Nimrod. It couldn't be our definition. Yeah, of right. I hope not. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, it slowly turned into oh, idiot. So you know what? We learned something. Yeah. yeah. Good Yay. job. Um. So yeah, September arrives. They've been stuck in the ice for uh, almost seven months at this point. The ice begins to melt, but the problem is you're in this giant landmass of ice and like it's breaking, it's melting, it's pushing, pulling, uh, you know, certain pieces break away and then it pushes two more together. So the endurance is suffering extreme pressure Mm. in this like tug of war uh, on the ship. So on the 24th of October, so again, a month later from when the ice starts to melt, um, water starts pouring in Mm. to the ship Mm. and they abandon ship. Uh, Shackleton calls for the transfer of all the equipment, provision, people, everything, and camp on the ice. Mm. Um, here's the thing. Because it's in a landmass and because, like, they're it's such a weird situa- like, situation with the ice, it took over a month for that boat to sink. Huh. Um, <laughs> the, the water started pouring in on the 24th of October. The ship didn't go down until the 21st of November. They're just like random. Oh, I forgot something. Let me get- yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that's yeah. what they did. Let me like, just hop on before. It, when the water know. first started pouring in, they're like, oh, maybe we can fix it. They realized <laughs> they couldn't fix it. They abandoned ship. They're camping on the ice. They're taking their time, like offloading at that point. The problem was all those sled dogs. Like when he realized that ship was going down, oh. all, the, all those sled dogs and the cats. Oh, no. He was like, some of these are not going to make it. I mean, that's good food. Well, so obviously the sled dogs could still be a big help. Um, they had had a couple litters of puppies Oh, while they were on board. I mean, they've had seven months to do yeah. nothing else. 
Um, but Shackleton is a practical man and ordered uh, five different dogs and the cat put down. Ah. So wow. uh, they're starting off not... Not well. Not what? high morale. They're they're already upset at this point. I, I'm sorry. Why did he order them put down? Just he well, he was like, we don't eat them. No, we don't have the food or provisions to provide uh, for them. They're not going to make it. They're going to freeze to death. So, I mean, little puppies. Little puppies in the we cat. We had one cat. Let's just get rid of it. Like <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Listen, it's yeah. not the decision I would have made, but right. I also might not survive in survival situations like this because I would Grace. be like, we are saving my you, cat. You would have killed all them people. Man, yeah. I would. I would. Before, yeah. I would have been like, "All right, who's the least valuable person? We'll get rid of them." All right, <laughs> we can kill Junior. Five. Junior, step up. Yeah, we can kill five dogs, or we can kill one of y'all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like that's a fair <laughs> trade. Um, but yeah, so obviously the carpenter was ticked because that was his cat. He said, "I'm not building anything." The, well, this art this started like a, a rift between the two of them. He was uh, mad. He never let very that go. Polarizing. Stop. Oh my god. Stop. um so yeah after the ship sinks they're no longer trying to cross the ice at this point because they're not crazy um they're just trying to survive so they um have the station of they know there's stations of food and supplies throughout the antarctic you've got these other expeditions that have come Mm -hmm. in and set up these stations you've got whalers that come in and whale and they've got you know like camps with food and things like that that they can go to if they need to so shackleton has researched this. He knows where they are. He's like, what is our best chance of reaching one of these stations and getting help and getting supplies? So on the 30th of October, um, this is again before the ship sank, but it was after Mm. it had started leaking and he knew it was going down. They decided to head out with two of the lifeboats on sledges. Um, The problem was the ice was impassable. It's breaking. It's coming together. It's rising up in these Mm. big mountains They've got these sled dogs that are supposed to pull the sledges across the ice. They can't do it. In three days, they make it two miles. Mm. Jeez. That's nothing. nothing. Yeah, right. Um, And so they stopped to wait to see if the ice flow would work in their favor. Because, again, they're on a big piece of ice that's flowing through the ocean. They're like, And they know the direction it's heading. They're like, it's heading towards where we want to go. Let's mm. just wait here and see if we can't, like, just cut down some of that distance with the natural ice. Oh, the killer whales, they see it. (laughs) (laughs) they see what's happening Um, at this point they're about 250 miles from Paulette Island which is their closest stash Um, so they wanted to just reduce that distance with the ice flow on the 23rd of December from October to December so we've gone two months at this point they make a second attempt to march across the ice it's now again because Antarctic summer Mm -hmm. in December is now warm enough that instead of ice that they're crossing they're trying to deal with soft snow so they're sinking in the snow. They can't walk in the snow. They're trying to like push their way through the snow, um, walking and pulling sledges with difficult work. In two days, this time they made it seven and a half miles. Still not okay. great. Yeah. yeah, better. Better. Yeah, not great. Right. Um. So McNish, who was the carpenter uh, that his cat got killed, uh, he rebelled. He was like, "I'm not doing it. You can't make me." And just sat down and refused Screw you work. guys. You killed my cat. Basically. Mm-hmm. Which I get. But also. Well, you be by yourself. Yeah. What's your. What's your. <laughs> yeah. What's your what end are, game. What yeah. are your options? Yeah. You're just going to throw a tantrum like a kid and sit Frankly, in the snow? at this point, I would probably be throwing a tantrum too. Yeah. They've been 
Let's see. Uh, they got there. You're definitely hangry. Last January. <laughs> they got there last January, and it's now December. They've been there almost What are they eating? Snow cones? Uh. No, they have. I mean, they <laughs> planned on this taking a long time, so they've got tons of provisions. Grant um, got it. <laughs> no. <laughs> she Grace got it. She's just ignoring <laughs> our stupid <laughs> Listen, I'm just trying to explain. Yeah, you're good. Go ahead. Okay, so um, the problem is, uh, obviously, they haven't made any progress. So Shackleton was like, cool, we're going to set up camp again. We're going to wait three more months. Three more months. Yeah. We got to get the ice hard. And <laughs> they've got it. Because <laughs> it's snow right now. So yes. we, gotta, we need it to solidify. <laughs> Said it like that. What? That's what it is. You're waiting for it to ice hardened. There you go. That's all right. Thank you for that. Um, So yeah, he was like, "We're gonna wait for three more months." I I could not imagine being these guys and being like, "We have been here for almost a year, and you want us to sit here and wait for three more months to try and get rescued." Um, Obviously, their provisions aren't doing great, so they begin hunting seals, penguins, anything that could help boost their supplies. They are skilled hunters. They rode in on the Nimrod. Nimrod. Yeah. The endurance. Uh, the Nimrod yeah. was the previous expedition uh, they went okay. on to Where? the Antarctic. Oh, so anyway, um, they start suffering food so food shortages. Mm. Um, they started sending small parties back to the where the Endurance had sunk because they had left a lot of the supplies there. They were like, we obviously can't bring these. We're struggling to travel as it is. So they would like send small parties back to get more supplies. Um, so yeah, they basically hang out um, in March 1916. By this time, the the ice that they're camping on has drifted within sight of land. Oh, oh nice. Great, right? Yeah. You would think. Um, uh, no. <laughs> they're still about 160 miles from Paulette Island, which is still their closest stash, and they had no chance to reach it across the ice. Mm. Not going to hmm. happen. By April 1916, of the 69 dogs they originally had, obviously that litter that was born had been put down, um, they only had two sled teams remaining. So, uh, through accidents, through malnutrition, through sickness, things like that, they had lost a lot of dogs. Mm. At this point, they're starting to starve. Um, So, they put down the rest of the dogs for food, basically, Mm. at this point. And to keep from having to feed them. The amount of food that the dogs were taking from them when they would kill a seal was such a huge expense Uh that Shackleton was like, this isn't working. Yeah. You know, we can't afford to feed them. We would rather... I know. I, nothing makes me mad. Poor people. What the? Poor people. Well, they're starving. They, yeah, but they didn't die. Listen, I mean, the they died. applied to be here. This was your choice. Those well, dogs didn't have a say. That's true. I feel like those dogs probably filled out some applications. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, it has been over a year that they have been stranded. Uh, on the 8th of April, the ice broke up into a dangerously small piece. So this whole time they've been on this large ice flow. It breaks into this tiny triangle shaped where they were forced to just jump in the lifeboats. Nope. That's just nope. elf. No. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ba- yes, basically. Bye, Mr. Narwhal. <laughs> so they've got all their supplies on this one little ice piece and they were like, crap, it broke. And they had to jump in the lifeboats, put whatever supplies they could in the lifeboats and try Dang. to navigate through this dangerous ice field where like you know it's basically a maze of ice there mm-hmm. you know these ice pieces are coming together pushing yeah. apart they're trying to sail through them but they can't really the whole mm. time they're getting splashed with this icy seawater. temperatures were as low as minus 20 degrees fahrenheit mm. they're running out of food just miserable yeah I, <laughs> it's a miracle they survived because i would be like you know what i'm out 
send me overboard. Y'all can eat me if you want. I just don't. I, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, Shackleton had a decision to make. They're obviously not making it to Paulet Island, which is where the supplies he wanted to go to were stashed. He had a couple other options that were kind of far away, but they were like, they would have to be going against the wind or it was too far or there might not be people there. So his best bet was to gun it to Elephant Island, which was the closest landmass, but it didn't have anything on it. Mm. No supplies. No whalers were coming to visit. They were just like, it's land. Yeah. We, we, just ice and elephants. Best chance. Right. <laughs> I don't know why it's called elephants. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say full circle with the elephants there. <laughs> but it was just, it was the most practical. So on the 16th of April, they landed. So this is uh, over a week that they have been in these lifeboats trying to survive the minus 20 degree Fahrenheit temperatures, ice water splashing in. They finally landed and made camp on Elephant Island. It's uninhabited. It's rarely visited. Their chance, their only chance was sending someone in a lifeboat to go get help. Mm. Where they had to go was 800 miles away. What a horrible job that would be. Jeez. (laughs) 800 miles away. Dude. Um, To get back to South Georgia, which is where they originally left from. But that was their only chance. They've got these two lifeboats. Um, so the carpenter against his will, cause he's still mad at the captain. For Every time you say the carpenter, I think of Jesus. The carpenter That's... McNish that had the cat Miss Chippy. I know, I know. Okay. Just, uh, okay. Um, it's not Jesus. Okay. If you wanted to. Cause he could just walk out. Yeah. He could have. He could just. He could just drag the boat with him. Yep. Yeah. Um, no. So the, uh, carpenter refit one of the lifeboats and, uh. Begrudgingly. Yeah. Shackleton <laughs> took, um. Enough supplies for four weeks. He was like, if it takes longer than that, we're done. Like, we can't get to South Georgia in four weeks. We're screwed anyway. So just that's all we'll take. Yep. Um, So they launched the James Caird, which was the lifeboat, 22 feet long. Hmm. So the cruise ship lifeboats, when we go on a cruise, like, this was smaller than that. Yeah. Yeah, those are probably like 32 Yeah. Those are at least 23 I mean, <laughs> just saying, you are in this small boat with six other people to go 800 miles in open ocean in some of the most dangerous waters in yeah. the world. The yeah. Antarctic region Already is not had friendly. Sunk one big ship, and now you got a little paddleboard <laughs> boat. So they launched the James Caird on 24th of April. Um, it's got six sailors. They're drifting sluggishly through the ice, depending on basically extremely accurate navigation. Uh, estimations because they took the navigator with them obviously Um, (laughs) but the conditions are just awful like they're in a lifeboat the weather is terrible on the 5th of May there was a huge storm that almost sunk them they've got huge waves hurricane uh, winds like (laughs) I'm I'm blown away it's more than just waves like crashing it's giant ice blocks (laughs) crashing yeah Yeah, that'd be horrible just an iceberg crashes on your boat (laughs) on the 8th of May they finally sighted South Georgia. It took them two more days just to reach the island. Oh, on the 10th of May, they finally land on the island, but the populated whaling stations are on the north side. So they landed on the southern side and they have to mm. somehow get to the north side. So their options were to get back in the boat and try and sail around the island nope. or to walk across it. Three of them, three of the six uh, sailors were well enough to attempt the journey. The other ones were like, <laughs> uh, we're, yeah, we're not going to make it. Um, so on the 19th of May, Shackleton and the two other sailors who were well enough traveled 26 miles Dang. to the whaling station. 
And I feel like that doesn't sound like a lot because we travel that much in a day all the time. Like I drive around Peachtree City 26 miles right. in a day. Not a big deal. But when you were talking about walking over southern, untamed, wild land, mountainous yeah. rivers, yeah. you don't know where you're going. Like they don't have a map of the uh, island. By They're, the way, you're malnourished. You're, oh, yeah. You've been starving you've for blisters, a year. I mean. <laughs> blisters um but yeah so they're having to like make their way up a mountain see if they're headed in the right direction backtrack go back down oh it like just awful the tw- so they landed on the 10th of may it took them until the 20th of may to stumble into a uh, stromness which was Dang. the whaling station <laughs> um so those three three of the 28 safe Dang. hey they made it yay um, the problem was we still have the rest of the men to, right. to account for. And obviously Shackleton's first step was to get help for the three sailors that were on the island just right. you know, 26 miles south. So they um, get in a boat, head around the island, pick them up, bring them back. Great. And you got to like convince people to do this. Like this is Oh, not... yeah. Yeah. You walk, into, you walk into the whaling right. station and you're like, please help. <laughs> yeah. We've almost died. Will you come join us? Yeah. yeah. Um, but the problem was they've still got 22 sailors left on Elephant Island. Shackleton took four different attempts to reach them. Uh. Um, his first, he sailed in on a whaling boat the 22nd of May. So he had been there for two and a half days. Yeah. yeah. He had been safe for two and a half days. And this is after being stranded for over a year. He was like, nope, I'm getting back on a boat, going to save my men. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they well, made it. Yeah. Good job. Good guy. Good guy. Um, made it set well. He killed a bunch of dogs, so I still hold a oh. little bit of a grudge, but got about that. Cared more about the humans, which was good, but yeah. <laughs> so they made it uh 70 miles of ice had formed between Elephant Island and mm. where they were, and the whaling boat was not meant to like break through the ice, so they had to turn around and head back. Um, again, he heads back, he asks uh the UK so for help because he's from the UK, so yep. he, he calls up the UK, he's like, Hey, you got 22 men stranded down here, can you send me any help? They're like, dude, it's World War One. Yeah, we're fighting a war. We, yeah. We can get to you in October. Yep. Like, oh, uh, I'm sorry, you're trapped on an island. Yeah. I'm in a war. Mm. Like, so on the geez. 10th of June, he borrowed a Uruguayan ship, but again was thwarted by the ice. On the 12th of July, he tried again with a different boat, but was still thwarted by the ice. So it was mid August. This was three months after Shackleton and his crew of six had left Elephant mm. Island. Um, they went and begged the Chilean Navy to lend them a boat. And they did. That oh, blows dang. my mind. The fact that the Chilean Navy was like, yeah, okay, I guess so. Yeah. We'll, we'll help yeah. you out. So they lend them a boat called the Yelcho. Um, and on the 25th of August, they set out. On the 30th, 30th of August, they reached Elephant Island and found the camp. Nice. What do you think they found? Ooh. No, go ahead and give that point. I see your hand You know what? I'm going to go ahead and press it because this dude, I would have... Uh, got distracted by life and <laughs> not done all that. You you would have been <laughs> sipping a Mai Tai on the, on the beach, right? Um, so in this interim of Shackleton and his guys being gone, he had left the, the his second in command in charge called, his name was Frank Wilde. Um, and originally they'd been hopeful. They were like, yeah, he, so Frank Wilde had been on the Discovery and the Nimrod with him. So he was um, he was confident in his ability. He was like, he'll take care of us, no problem. He estimated it would take no more than a month and for, for Shackleton to go get help yeah. and, and save them. So he was like, we don't need to stockpile supplies. Mm. We're good. Ooh. I don't want to discourage the men. I don't want to get their morale down. Mm. So he was like, we won't stockpile. 
obviously the uh storekeeper had a bit of a problem with that um but wild did a good job of like establishing routines he rotated jobs um he would host activities to help boost morale. Bingo night. He would. Oh, yeah. No, they would. Yeah. They would every Saturday. They would hold a concert. Oh, um, oh nice. They would um, put together these hunting parties for seals and penguins. Um, Nimrods so, do that. <laughs> good hunters. So you know he'd like tried to keep their morale up. He tried to keep them on a routine and keep them focused so that they weren't getting too down in the dumps. The problem was, it, it, like again, it's been over a year. Um, the time began to pass. The month mark came and went and the people began to get hopeless uh one member of the crew had a heart attack pierce uh, blackborough the guy that had stowed away originally yeah. he had gotten he regrets <laughs> yeah, yeah. did he ever uh he had gotten frostbite on his feet so he had not been able to walk for the last couple oh. months uh, one of his feet turned gangrenous mm. and the two surgeons had to amputate mm. it um several of them fell into depression and by the 23rd of august men were starving the storekeeper who had thrown a fit when Frank Wilde had said, we don't need to, you know, storekeep supplies, uh, wrote in his journal, he was like, well, we'll have to eat whoever died first. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think he was getting I think he was pretty serious. Yeah. Uh, so the 30th of August, the Yelcho and Shackleton appeared and the men were all rescued. Wow. So of the... 28 people that left and got stranded for over a year in one of the most inhospitable regions in the world, they all survived. Oh, nice. Miracle to me. Dang. Um, Good job. The aftermath is that uh, all the men returned home. It took them several months to like be repatriated into their home countries. Many of them went and served in World War One. Shackleton. <laughs> Great. No. Nope. Yeah. I just nope. went through all that. Now I'm going to go yep. fight in the trenches <laughs> oh, yeah. of World yep. War One. I. I would have been like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm out. <laughs> no. Um, I do think of the 28, I think only two of them died in service. Wow. I, I might oh, be wow. Still, I would be mad if I survived all that. Just to come back and die in yeah. mm-hmm. a war. Um. Shackleton had arranged the last Antarctic expedition, um, and this is obviously years later, uh, September 1921. Wait, they went back? Yeah, eventually. Shackleton, That's, what are you doing? Listen, yeah. I'm just... Shackleton's saying, I got it this time, guys. I, <laughs> I got learned it. my yeah, lesson. We've, don't worry. Listen, what? I'm just wrapping up the story here. Shackleton, uh, he'd been down there three times. He had not reached any of his goals. So he was like, I'm going to do one last trip. This is my last attempt. Uh Eight of the crew from the Endurance accompanied him. Why? On this. I don't wow. know. Earth. I don't know. They're crazy. Did uh, Black Blackberry join us? <laughs> what the no. Black Blackfoot uh, Blackbird kick? Blackbird. Black yeah. No. Uh, no. He did not. Uh, uh, there were eight crew members from the original expedition, but uh, they made it all the way. So you know how I said like the British ship left British waters, made it to South Georgia. They like resupply and everything. They never got to leave. On the 5th of January, 1922, Shackleton had a heart attack and died. So they never actually got to go. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm going to give him a bell because that dude dude never gave up. Yeah. He had Uh, his vision. He kept going after it. The problem is that he didn't realize is the aliens live. Here we go. And because they live there, they could never make it. They manipulated. Well, you say that, but the crossing of Antarctica was accomplished. It Mm, was just like 40 years after the Transantarctic expedition. It was Uh, like in 1955. Have you ever seen those videos of the killer whales that the seals are on the ice and they like make the waves not oh yeah dude that would be my biggest Mm, fear right there i don't know if killer whales live down there but 
That would be my biggest fear. <laughs> Whether or not they do. Um, one last fact. The Endurance that sank mm-hmm. was discovered last year. Oh, cool. Um, there was an expedition sent out, and in March 2022, it was discovered uh, 98,000 feet deep. Oh, my gosh. 98,000 feet? No, no, no. Sorry. Nine, <laughs> 9,800. 9, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Which is still a lot. Listen, yeah. Right. I just see numbers, <laughs> and I read them wrong. Uh, 9,800 9, feet deep. Dude. Um, but it is in cr- an incredibly good but, uh, condition. You can go it's Google. It's frozen. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can go Google the photos. It's amazing. Like Dang. the fact that they traveled anywhere and survived in Antarctica in this Dang. freaking mm-hmm. pirate boat. Like it, it has like the old timey steering wheel and everything. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like huh. a little pirate steering wheel. I bet it's still got the cat frozen on there too. <laughs> it's a very good name, <laughs> The Endurance. Because yeah, they right. had to have endurance to survive. And also the other name. I mean. Nimrod. The, oh my God. The ship, the ship endured all in, up until this you know point. It's still just like the, like it looked, right? It did in twenty twenty two. That's it. Hey, Grace, great story. Thanks. You midway, you said, and they survived this, and I thought to myself, why would she ruin it? And then I realized, oh, it's a story of survival. It is a story of so <laughs> I guess I should have known that. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Well, thank you for sharing. And all right, Grant, you up, man? I'm up. Well, what's your story called? Uh, I've got friends uh, in low places. I've got friends in low <laughs> places. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> There you go. Uh, so that's my title. Um, I went a little bit of a different direction. They didn't uh, survive. About, yeah, survival. I thought you said the topic is dying. So that's, <laughs> no. Uh, I went a little different direction. You'll see. Um, so my story is about a guy named Mike Malloy, ah. who was an Irish man who was also. Are you sure he wasn't Australian? Uh, I'm pretty sure he was Irish. Yeah. Um, He was Irish and he was homeless and he was a drunk uh, during the Great Depression. So there you go. Starting off, starting off great. I don't know how else to say it. He was known as being a drunk. I feel like he's a survivor from the get go. Good for him. Yep. Yep. What a good guy. So. This is the Great Depression in the 1930s. Um, If y'all didn't know, 25% of America was unemployed at this Mm. time. So, I mean, yeah, it's a great depression. Um, Because people were so desperate for money uh, during this time, uh, one thing they would uh, do to get money was, and this is terrible, but they would find drunks. I feel I feel bad saying drunks. I don't know. uh, Feel... People on alcohol. Yes, (laughs) on alcohol. They would find these people who are drunk, take out insurance policies on them, and then kill them. Oh, good lord! Yes, it was a dark time, the Great Depression. Um, yeah, so they would find these people and they would kill them just to get the money. Um, and so, 1933, it's also towards the end of the Prohibition, right? So mm-hmm. that's the, how NASCAR started. Yeah, the Prohibition. Yeah, well, that's an untold story yeah, for another day, right? Real. Oh yeah, I know, but yeah, mm-hmm. moonshiners. Um, so the best, the best place to find one of these uh, drunks would be in. A speakeasy, right? Yep. And y'all know about what a speakeasy is. It's just a place that everybody would go underground and they would, you know, drink and talk and do There's the Charleston and say, I'm yeah, see? Yeah, I like speakeasies sorry. because they just were the middle finger to the government. Yeah. Good job. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the best place to find one of these people, especially in Prohibition era. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like that's a bad place to kill someone, though. 
Uh, it is, and they didn't kill him in there. Oh, good, um, good call. Yeah, that's smart. They're at least smart. So uh, a guy named Tony Marino, which is the most Italian mafia <laughs> very name. mafia-esque. What he, movie is this from? <laughs> Tony Marino <laughs> says, sends his wishes. I don't know. Um, so Tony Marino, who was an owner of one of these speakeasies, right? He was a uh, corrupt man. I mean, to say the least. I mean, he owns a speakeasy. I mean, you can kind of gather that corrupt or anti-government. Anti-government, <laughs> and he's I'm sensing some Elon Musk. Shady. Oh my God! Stop. Ma- maybe we say shady. He's a little shady. Shady. Um, okay, fair. Owns one of these speakeasies. I think he's just living his freedom, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, Shelby, the only piece of information you have is he's doing something that government is said no to. Amen. Well, wait till you hear <laughs> Fight more the about man. him. Wait, <laughs> to, wait till you hear about the people that murder the drugs. Yeah. Wait till you hear about him. So Tony Marino, he was an owner of one of these speakeasies, mm-hmm. and he came up with a plan uh, to kill poor Mike Malloy. Oh, Tony, um, you've taken a bad turn. Yep. And the plan <laughs> was to... Spoke too soon. Yeah, right? If you just waited for the next sentence, you know... Uh, you would know that he's a pretty bad guy. He he wanted to kill him and collect the money. Um, and, you know, I think his thinking is like, well, I mean, it's Mike Malloy. Everybody knows he's this hobo who yep. just hangs out and gets drunk and mm. who cares about this guy. So he formed a group that would later be called the Murder Trust. Good Lord. They're the, not subtle the at all. The Murder Trust. Well, yeah. They're, I mean, at least it says it in the title. <laughs> right. You're joining. You know what you're signing up mm-hmm. for. Yeah, you, they want to be it's up front. It's not the Illuminati. This is legit the murder <laughs> trust. Yeah, this is the mur- we. You know what we're about mm-hmm. when you join. All so, right. um, the murder trust. They took out two separate life insurance policies in Mike's name uh, that equaled to around seventy three thousand dollars in today's currency. Oh, okay. In today's currency, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. still a lot of money, right? So, I mean, it's also the Great Depression. People are desperate to yeah, get right. get this money and all that. So, they set out to kill him. Uh, their first attempt was one night. Uh, the trust acted like his friends, right? They all gathered around Mike, and they're like, Hey, hey Mike, what hey, you doing? What's up? You I, I would be immediately <laughs> sketched out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, red flags. What is happening? Right. Well, I mean, Mike didn't care. He was a drunk. He was always drunk. He. <laughs> it was very easy to get this guy to do anything right i am imagining like the disney stereotype from like the 1950s yeah. when they would like paint a drunk kick a their- yes yeah yeah stumbling around <laughs> i mean yeah and uh so during one night they um they came around acted like his friends and uh marino gave him an unlimited drink tab so he can just drink all night right oh, okay Dang, and he's like hey friends. hey everything's on me tonight you just you drink as much don't as you worry, can don't worry mike is that his name mike yeah don't worry mike don't worry the mike. murder trust got this covered for you we got you i don't think they outwardly said that <laughs> hey we're the murder trust you can trust us <laughs> tonight's drinking sponsored by yeah the murder trust the murder trust um so yeah, got him really drunk. Once he was drunk, they uh, took him outside. They propped him up in the middle of the street, and the plan was to run him over with a taxi. What? So they Why? yes, they hired a cabbie to run him over. They Don't, didn't just do it themselves. No, they. I, I mean, I think they wanted to be. They didn't want to be linked be to this obvious. in any way. Yeah, you yeah. can't be that obvious. They don't want to be linked to it. This is the murder trust. This isn't their first murder. Yeah, though. come on. It's the murder trust. They have trust. rules. Just yeah. saying, it's a taxi driver, not a hitman. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, 
I mean, how, how hard is it to run somebody over? Pretty hard. Right? Everyone's I, desperate for money. Well, especially a drunk guy in the middle of the street. I, I mean. You see him laying there. It's not like he yeah. jumped out in front of you. All right. Go ahead. Sorry. So, anyways, they they ordered this. this They hired this cabbie to run him over. They hit poor Mike. Um, and then they left him in the street to die and expected to hear about his death in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't hear a word about his death for about a week. And they were getting a little uh, nervous here. They're like, um, shouldn't we hear something about his life insurance policy or mm-hmm. something coming out of the works? Like, shouldn't oh, anybody talk about... Oh, insurance isn't going to chase you down. Right. You? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so they're like, ah, oh, this is kind of getting a little sketchy. So they didn't hear about a word a word about it. Um, so they decided to check all the local hospitals. They're like, they send all the guys out. They're like, hey, check the hospitals. See if this guy like somehow survived this. Finish the job. Yeah, Right. Right, this is like a mafia story. Right? Your mafia accent, Grace. <laughs> Finish the Finish job. job. Finish him. <laughs> um, so they eventually found him in a hospital bed with a concussion mm. and a broken collarbone. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Yeah, right. I mean, especially getting hit by a taxi. Yeah. Right. I've had that falling um, off a horse. No big deal. Yeah, but they saw him and they they're like. We aren't worried. We got a backup plan. Oh. They found another man named Joseph Murphy and drugged him. Wait, and, hold on. So they yeah. just gave up a mic. Yeah. They're just like, all right. Whatever. Job, Mike, you survived. Yeah. I bet Mike put that taxi mm-hmm. driver to death. <laughs> yeah. He's, <laughs> he fought back. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> their backup plan was they found another man, another poor guy named Joseph Murphy and drugged him. They took him out into the street and had the same cabbie run over that guy. Okay. Okay. It didn't work the first time. Right. Right. And what about this cab? What is it made out of? I I mean, Nerf, apparently. (laughs) Also, God, it would be amazing if it wasn't like life insurance, but like car insurance paid his family instead Mm -hmm. of the people that had taken out the... Right. right. Mm. I mean, they were desperate, right? So, um, Joseph... Murphy, the the second guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, the plan was to basically put um, Mike Malloy's like card in his pocket and basically put his ID in it and be like, "Oh yeah, this guy is Mike. Uh, this guy is Mike." So that's idea. murder trust. They're you're, still you're trying, here. yeah, they're still <laughs> trying to get the the life insurance policy from this guy. Um, but Joseph wasn't killed either. <laughs> Dang, he was not killed. This cabbie must have been the worst <laughs> driver. Just bumping him. Just, yeah, just dink. Um, he was bodily injured, and he was also taken to the hospital. <laughs> so uh, they were kind of like upset. They're like, "What the heck? How how are we going to get this money?" And they were sitting in the speakeasy, and just as their plan was unraveling, in walks none other than Mike Malloy, the uh, original yeah. guy they tried to kill, into the speakeasy. Because nice. last he remembers, they're all good friends. Yeah. Because hey, hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> yep. And he came in saying. This is a quote. He said, almost died in the hospital. They fed me milk and cocoa. (laughs) That's it. And he was complaining about it. And he was, I mean, he was a drunk. So he's like, I haven't had, you know, alcohol in weeks. You know, I'm finally out of there. Not not something you mess around with. No. Yeah. No. So he walks in the speakeasy and they all of a sudden see their opportunity. And they're like, well, dang. Okay. Okay. He just, this must be a sign. I guess we're going (laughs) to, I guess we're going to keep trying to kill him. So. Leads me to the second attempt when they tried to kill poor Mike. Um, they got him drunk again because, you know, he has that open tab in the speakeasy. <laughs> Listen, Mike. <laughs> I 
I mean, he can't say no to alcohol. Right. Right. He can't say no to alcohol. So they got him drunk, dropped him in a local park in the middle of winter, poured five gallons of water on his bare chest. Okay. Which is, yeah, it's a weird, the murder trust is weird. Um, Hoping it would freeze him to death, right? So they would leave him (laughs) throughout the night, frozen to death, maybe with pneumonia. I don't know. Listen, I'm not a detective, <laughs> and I'm clearly not a murderer, yep. but I this is frustrating me because I'm like, I could do this so much better. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't have murder podcasts. They didn't know how. Yeah. How this to, isn't I, rocket science. Well, and honestly, <laughs> I, I think they are always just trying to make it look like an accident. Yeah, right. Like, you oh. know, like it doesn't, Cause looks less like an accident if there's like a five gallons of water that they yeah. dumped on them. That's but, sketchy as hell. Yeah. I mean, the first one failed. They're like, all right, we're getting more desperate. Um, this insurance policy is about to run out. <laughs> so uh, local police actually found him mm-hmm. and took him in Good mm. for them. before he could freeze. So the next day, guess who walks in <laughs> the speakeasy? <laughs> Mike. <laughs> Mike walks. It is time to stop going there. Uh-huh. I would pay so much money. Uh-huh. Do you see their faces? What the... What? <laughs> this, is, this would be a good, a great movie. I yeah. like this. Comedy oh, yeah. comes in threes. This is the third time now. Yeah. So he walks in to the speakeasy and says, gotta have a shot. Caught myself a cold. <laughs> That's literally his quote. <laughs> this is the, what's that? Is it Barney on The Simpsons? Like the dude that's just a bigger dude sitting at the bar all the time. I have no idea. I've never seen The Simpsons. Uh, was it? Yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he's just yeah. sitting at the bar like that's his home. Yep, it's just, that's where he goes. Yep. He he's a moth to a flame. He just cannot stay away from this <laughs> just freaking pick a species. Different bar, speakeasy. Mike. Oh yeah. Well, there's there's limited options back then. I mean, with the Fair. speakeasy, and there's a free tab Fair. here. I'm yeah, I, he's the- like, I'm not giving that up. Uh-huh. I mean, shoot. So yeah, he's he literally said, "Well, I caught a cold," <laughs> and I'm sure those guys are like, "What the? What do we need to do to kill these? Kill this guy?" So. The next attempt, they gave him oysters <laughs> laced with wood alcohol, mm. which apparently uh, they had seen people die before with, if you mix oysters and uh, whiskey, okay. they've seen people die. I, I guess like some chemical reaction. Well, guess what? All Mike did was ask for more I oysters. I was going to say, that sounds unscientific <laughs> and like they yeah. didn't do their research. Yeah. He just kept saying, bring me more oysters. <laughs> And so he, he's getting he, dinner and drinks. For I know fun. he's dude. Mike is living his best life. He's just like man. <laughs> the murder getting, trust is losing money at yeah. this point. <laughs> yeah, he's like I'm getting alcohol. I'm getting oysters. I'm getting this is awesome. Um, didn't die from that attempt. I would. I would hope not. Yeah. The next attempt, he gave him. They gave him uh, spoiled sardine sandwiches with rat poison mm. in it, and put carpet tacks in them. So, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I, <laughs> it's stupid, stupid. Okay, they're going above and beyond, <laughs> yep. but just not with anything that would actually what kill tar- him. What yep. is a carpet tap gonna do inside? He's just of gonna your bite into it yeah. and be like, yeah. "Ow, yeah. this hurts." Yeah. I'm gonna stop eating this. Keep in mind, also, the, he, they're doing all these attempts while he's drunk, so he's just like, "Oh, free food, more free food!" Oh my god, this is a little, uh, little. Uh, Pointy sandwich, but uh, I love it. Wow. Um, so still didn't die from that. I'm, I'm guessing the idea behind that was like it will tear up his insides. He'll yeah. start bleeding internally, something like that. I don't know. Um, 
Then the next attempt, they, they signed him up for Antarctic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. They it. sent him with uh, Shackleton. Shackleton. Imagine, and his imagine crew. if they had signed him up for that and he <laughs> came back with the whole this crew. This son of a does not die. Uh, the next one, they replaced. They just fully. They were just like, screw it. We're gonna replace his drink with antifreeze. <laughs> You know what? Steadfastness. Yeah. They have a goal. They're going yep. after it. What attempt are we on now? Oh, this is attempt four. four? Yeah, four. yeah, we're on four right Dang. now. Wow. They replaced his drink with antifreeze. He slept that off and woke up the next day. Um, and if you're interested, a possible uh, explanation for this is that they say that antifreeze uh, didn't kill him because the absorption of ethylene glycol in the liver... It's oh. used as an, it, like liquor is used as an antidote for antifreeze yeah, I mean, poisoning. His, his wow. liver knows what's up. Yeah. It so is, he was yeah. so drunk that the alcohol yes. was soaking up the antifreeze. Right. Yes. Okay. Basically just, I mean, kids, if you're listening, the answer is don't drink more alcohol. but Or antifreeze. It, or antifreeze. But if you're going to drink antifreeze, drink alcohol. <laughs> Together. So uh, they were like, Still didn't kill him. He slept that off, woke up the next day, walk in the speakeasy, and I'm sure they are very frustrated, very desperate at this time. Uh, they were desperate to kill him because they didn't want this life insurance to And their bar tab to... is really high. Oh, yeah. It is. Marino is like, I, I'm losing money on <laughs> yes. this. I am losing money. Listen, I don't want to feel, I don't want to sound like a sociopath, but it's not that hard to kill somebody. No. What are you doing? Grace, you're scaring me. Yeah. The fact that you're so confident. <laughs> <laughs> but make it look like an accident. I mean, I think they kept trying to give him stuff to ingest to make it look like an accident. It's, yeah. Yeah, because antifreeze is a normal thing well, for people to just be like, yeah, let me have a sip. Well, Back then, the corners, they don't know no, what they're not to doing. look for. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <sighs> so, yeah. So, they were desperate to kill him before this life insurance policy ran out. Uh, they came at, they came up with a plan. They said, screw it. We're, I just want to kill him fast. I don't care anymore. Yep. About um, time. Not that I want him to die. I want him to right. die. But also, like, right. what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, this guy's like the roadrunner, basically, at this point. <laughs> he just does not die. Mimi. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so what they did, they rented a room. They put a hose in his mouth. They ran it down out the window. I know, I know. They put it down out the, out the window, and they connected it to a local gas jet. <laughs> what? So basically just pumping them. They, they kind of made some attempt to say... Uh, this could have been a gas leak, uh-huh. you know. They, I think they were trying to go for that now. Mm. Yeah. The thought. Yeah. Who was in charge? Listen, Marino was a dummy. Oh yeah, all he knew was serving alcohol. <laughs> I mean, I'll stick to that, buddy. Cause right? You suck at murdering people, dude. Finally killed him. Um, ah. The sixth attempt finally killed him. Dang. Um, and Poor the. Mike. Group finally took out the insurance policy, and they're like, they got "Let's take away out." With oh, it? Oh, hold oh, on, okay, okay. I'm not sorry, done. Sorry, I'm not I'm getting done. ahead of myself. So they took out the insurance policy. The first one, the first of two that they took out mm-hmm. uh, on him, they took it out. They're celebrating, um, but there were some disagreements, and they sh- some of them shot each other. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Listen, they're well, not like willing that. to do anything. Nope. to kill Mike. But this is the biggest, dumbest group of criminals I have ever <laughs> heard of. Um, 
so yeah, they shot each other. The rest of them, the rest of them that survived, they got caught and they got the electric chair. Well, for because because they uh, were eventually found out. Originally, when the coroners found his body, they said, I mean, again, it's 1933. They yep. weren't very, you know, yeah. as advanced as they were today. So they just said, oh, he, you know, had like some cancer or something like that. Yep. They and then they went back and then they're like. No, this dude was poisoned. Uh, you guys are all going to get the electric chair. And so. basically, there's a business card that says Murder Trust on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. You, you guys' fingerprints was all over Come this. To find out the insurance is paid to Murder Trust. <laughs> wow. I, I, feel like I told you we shouldn't have put our... Put we should have called it a live truck. Yeah, dang it, man. I feel like we need a season two t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> that says Murder Trust. The I Murder Trust. A good band. Oh, my gosh. So... Mike Malloy became known as Mike the Durable or Iron Mike because he managed to survive all these murder attempts by his friends. His liver just unquote. said, I got this. Mm-hmm. Unknowingly. It wasn't even consciously making the decision to survive. Yeah. He just was stumbling into it. Yeah. Good job, Mike. Yeah. Good job, Iron Mike. The funniest thing of this uh, was on the 20th anniversary of his death, the Sarasota Herald Tribune wrote an article about this story and said, although he was finally murdered, his last three months were probably his happiest. It probably was. Oh, <laughs> poor Mike. He had friends. Yeah. No, he didn't. He had alcohol and oysters. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good... Sardine sandwiches and Sardines. tax. Yep. For... sad. So, you know what? Is. He has friends in low places. He does. Mm-hmm. That is a good, good tie-in. Wow. Well, great stories. Uh, untold stories of survival. I hadn't heard either one of those. Nice. So that is a, a great, great story. Uh, Grace, you had a good story. We, You know my fascination with Antarctica and why, oh, yeah. why we can't visit. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I appreciate you among sh- us. shedding some light They're into that. Uh, Grant, I love that song, and I love the uh, story of just mischief and... Funny failures. That's always a, a good <laughs> element to add to any story. A lot of shifts and turns to mm-hmm. that. Feels like Home Alone. <laughs> yeah, I know, it right? It, it's, it's those same criminals. It's the wet yes. bandits. Yes, the wet bandits. <laughs> the murder trust is the wet bandits. Uh-huh. Uh, so with that, I have to pick a winner, and let me tally them all up. Okay, the winner tonight is Grant. Hey. Good job. Woo. Okay, can I just say that everybody in Grant's story died? <laughs> I, mean, I, th- I considered that. I considered that it was the survival part, but he survived six times. I mean, I mean, eventually yeah. we're all going to die eventually. Right. So okay. it's He was like a cat. He almost had nine lives. Yes. I mean, I, I think I liked it because it w- he fell into survival. Right. You guys was trying a little too hard to survive. <laughs> Yeah, the try hard is what we call them oh, in the video okay. game world. <laughs> they should have just given up when the ship sank. Been yeah. like, you know what? Stop what trying. What so would Mike hard. do? Is what they should have right. asked themselves. So Mike, they should have just gotten drunk and yes. let let the if ice. If we take have him. to put Miss Chippy down, we're going with them. <laughs> I mean, if they had alcohol, they probably wouldn't have frozen like that. Oh, you know? they did. Like, <laughs> Actually, there are sledges of alcohol that have been discovered in Antarctica from these original oh, expeditions because they bring. Dang. <laughs> Obviously, they don't serve any real purpose. So when, you know, the go and get stuff, they get left in there. <laughs> but yeah. Um, cool. Well, hey, thank you so much for hanging out with us uh, tonight or day, where, whenever you're listening. This was the Untold Podcast. 
My name is Shelby signing off. This is Grant. Grant. Is, is that what you Yep, and this <laughs> I'm is Grant. Grace. Grace. All <laughs> right. And we hope that you will check us out next week and Grant will be leading us a great story. Ah. Uh, tis. Tis a great tis story. Tis a great story. And uh, don't miss it. It's going to be awesome. All right. See you guys uh, next week. Peace out. See you. Night. Love you.